James Rickley. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is one that I recorded a long while back. I think it was back in February that I recorded this one. Uh, it's with an ex-colleague of mine, Brian Phillips, many, many years ago. He worked in um, the predecessor to the first financial advice business where I work now. Uh, Brian has since moved on to uh, own and kind of operate his own business. It's called Tideways. Uh, they're an owner's corporation manager based out of Melbourne, so very different field, uh, but he shares a lot of stories, in particular going into business with his father-in-law. We're on, we're live, we should be back. We're here. Uh, don't know if anyone will be there just yet, but welcome um, back for another live video. Uh, got Brian Phillips along with me today. Uh, Brian saw the video that I did with Daniel Gold. Daniel Gold was the very first one of these live interviews that I did. And uh, yeah, obviously know Daniel Gold then I would imagine. And do you know Daniel? Yeah, yeah. his office is around the corner in Turak. So I bump him. Ah, you're right by each other. Very often. Okay, okay. Um, so he was showing off and I said, yeah, yeah it's good enough for him. <laughs> you can come along too. <laughs> um, bit of an interesting story, I guess, intro. Brian and I used to work together. I so say Brian used to work, I say here, but it was a different office. Previous, a, yeah. A different office, <laughs> a different name, different ownership. Yep. Broadly the same kind of team. We were yep. just commenting on that earlier. Um, so Brian was in the financial advice space but has moved on since. So maybe who's Brian? What are you up to? What are you up to now? And we'll get we'll get sure. to what, what are you So at the moment I'm one of the directors at Tideways, which is an owners corporation uh, management business or strata management business. It goes by a few different names. Mm. At the moment we're entrusted to look after multi-res, commercial, mixed-use, townhouse developments all across Melbourne. I say Melbourne because it's Melbourne for now. Yeah. Some, some cool things in the pipeline. Um, but pretty much we just make the buildings run. Yep. Okay. And so it was how many years ago? Did you get any oh. idea how long ago you left? Yeah, it was about 10. Year? 10 years ago? Ten. Well, I thought so. Yeah. So we were both doing a similar kind of job back then. What have you done since? Where, sure. Where so I took since? the leap of faith. My wife was pregnant at the time. Got approached by two guys to form a startup business. Mm. It was an online super consolidation business. Um, completely self-start. Day one, we opened the doors. Yeah. Unpacked the desks, put the computers together, and uh, and build up a, a business of helping people find their super and uh, get their affairs in order. And that was very successful for two and a half, three years. Yeah. Um, but but after a, a while there, the the flame was was burning out. The the passion was was dwindling, and and I needed a new challenge. So yeah. at that time, my father-in-law was working from home, managing a small strata portfolio, and uh, with three daughters, none of them were interested. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, we decided to join forces and see what we could do together. So that's it. I guess that's an interesting time to to leave a you know somewhat stable employed job. To go to a startup at the time when your wife's pregnant. Yeah, well, for, fortunate that she's very supportive. Yeah, um, I knew one of the guys, so yeah. it was a it was a calculated leap of faith. Yeah. But but absolutely, leaving the uh, the certainty of the paycheck mm. every every week. Um, I fundamentally believed in in the business plan, yeah. and I suppose for me that was really important to have a really good idea of the other partners and who they were going to be, mm. um, what they wanted to achieve. So mm. we were all on the same page mm. very early on. Mm. And I think if, if I was to do it again, not that I'm going to, I'm very happy <laughs> at Tideways. Um, 
but it's really super important to be on the same page. Yeah. Go in transparently, everybody knowing exactly what they wanted to achieve. And yeah. as I said, the first two, three years were were amazing, building the team from scratch. As I said, day one, there was just an empty space. Yeah. And, and Does it still exist? It still exists. It's yeah. been rebranded and yeah. uh, they've moved offices, but the guys are going from strength to strength. And yeah. look, I wish them well, but mm. um, there came a point in time where I just felt that I was required mm. elsewhere. And, and tideways. So we would... We would Kind of reminiscing and you're telling me about about what's going on there so what what's tideways how how's that evolved since you've since you've been there sure well the business started my father-in-law and his family got involved in a family development mm. they kept the shops the commercial and they sold all the apartments at the top okay. which is a pretty well-worn path in the uh, the development space um and for purely selfish reasons to manage the uh the family asset he appointed himself as the oc manager um, and with a few connections in the in the community, started being asked to manage a few other buildings here and there. Two became five, five became ten. Um, we were working out of his his study at home, and uh, my mother-in-law and his wife at the time eventually said, "You've got to get out of the house. <laughs> Tradies coming to pick up keys and business meetings in the uh, dining room. Yeah, um, can only last for so long." Yeah. So we took the plunge. We we hired. Two more staff members moved into an office on St Kilda Road. So it was just the two of you at that stage. Yeah, still the two of you. An external accountant. Yeah, and uh, decided to take the plunge and, and back ourselves. Yeah, and that's kind of been the story for the last seven or eight years. Is really backing ourselves and taking those leaps of mm. faith, bringing on staff probably before the cash flow would allow mm. us to do it, but really trusting our gut and relying on. The, the pillars of our business, mm -hmm. transparency, customer service, non-conflicted relationships with all our tradies. Yeah. Um, and it resonated with the market. Mm -hmm. We brought up yeah. a good little clientele. So it's so it's, it's managing, you are saying earlier, it's managing the, the outside areas of Yeah, so if you think about a multi-residential apartment building, anything outside the actual apartments is us. Yep. So you think the insurance, the common area cleaning, the lifts, the garage doors, um, cleaning, uh, gardening, mechanical ventilation, intercom, access control, uh, the roof mm -hmm. uh, with the current weather's proved to be fun. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but anything outside the apartments falls under the uh, the responsibility of the owner's court. Yep. And roughly how many buildings are you at now? Uh, at the moment, it's about 120 of various sizes. We right. do some boutique stuff in Turak, Q and Armadale. Yeah. Um, we're just about to, to take over a brand new development of 430 in Port Melbourne, yeah. which is beautiful, um, and everything in between. Hmm. I suppose it's almost the right place at the right time with the, I guess, the boom in apartments that we've seen. You know, you this, you know so many buildings have been popping up all over the place. Absolutely. Um, I think it's a double-edged sword, though, yeah. with so much coming up. I mean, because we get involved really on in the development, for us, we see a lot of buildings played with defects, hmm. um, and that's really challenging. So, mate, what does that look like? Interesting that you bring that up. So, you're... I. From the outside looking in, I would have thought a developer builds the building, says I've finished it, then he tries to get someone in to, to manage it. But you're involved in it much earlier. Yeah, so our case. point of difference and, and where we're sort of partnering with a lot of our clients is we get in really early. Yeah. So we're doing contract of sale, owner's court budgets. We're doing cost estimates for things like insurance, for waste management, for cleaning, um, gardening, all the things that a purchaser is going to want to know. How are those outworkings and outgoings? Mm calculated yeah so we really want to help our developers real estate and sales teams have meaningful conversations around those outgoings mm -hmm. so if you partner them really early um, you get a really good understanding for the building um, 
but unfortunately some developers choose builders that are ill-equipped to manage that scale project or a stretch too thin and the choice of subcontractor hmm. is probably the biggest thing that we unfortunately have to deal with at the end yeah. when the project is finished so really interesting space and is that 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 is that's different to how most other owners corp managers would work look i think yeah. look there are some that do it the way that we do it yeah um, we obviously think we do it quite well hmm. um getting in really early but developers can sometimes not even think about owners corp we're kind of like the landscape gardening where it's the afterthought mm. at the very end so oftentimes we'll get called from a solicitor they want to do settlements they've asked the developer where are my owners corporation certificates <laughs> and the developer is scrambling so we can come in really late yeah. obviously our preference is to try and come in early add a lot of value around yeah. the development um but sometimes you just got to get in really late and help the developer settle mm. yep and so you, you commented uh, a, a minute or two ago to say that the recent weather's been interesting for you. I've got a horror story of living in an apartment when, and, I'll, and I'll touch on that in a second, but you put a post up on LinkedIn uh, and that kind of sparked us probably organising to get together like we've been talking about. You want to talk about what happened there? Sure. So busy week, just the world of strata. There's always something to fix, something to repair or, or something to do. So it had been a busy week, getting to bed on, on Friday night about 10 o'clock. Um, and all of a sudden the phone starts ringing. One, two, three, five, ten phone calls. Um, we manage a property in Chadston, 200 apartments, mm -hmm. eight levels, and three levels had flooded. There'd been a burst pipe on level three, and level three, two, and one just completely underwater. So activated and put in place an emergency response plan, which saw myself and one of the other directors actually head out there. Yeah. Um, we got there at about 10.30, quarter to 11, and we're there till 2 a.m. Um, and what, what's important about that, and obviously feel for the residents and, and the people affected by it, but it's a great opportunity for us to demonstrate value. Mm. A lot of my competitors and ourselves will talk about service and going above and beyond for our clients. But on Valentine's Day at 10.45, <laughs> being there in gumboots, um, coordinating wet vac, plumbers to do isolations, electricians to do make safes, taking a thousand photos for insurance assessors because there's obviously going to be a big claim calling the builder calling the original plumbers talking to owners talking to residents giving them information that's really hard in my opinion i think you demonstrate value mm. that's walking the walk so what happens with the so if my apartment was on level one yep where did i end up on that friday night so the first thing we did was was make an assessment of all the apartments yep. So we called in the facilities managers, the building of that sign, there's, there's facilities managers, um, tideways, plumbers and electricians. We just started knocking on doors, putting notes on each door to say, you know, flooded 60%, 20% so we could judge the priority, getting an understanding of who was mainly affected and mostly affected. Some properties on level two had water coming out of their range hoods. Yeah. Like pretty serious stuff. So get the electricians in, make safe, turn the power off, um, trying to contact property managers, um, you know, having a good database of who your owners are, but also who your property managers are, and having software in place to liaise with tenants mm. as and when things are happening in real time made communicating a bit easier. Yep. Um, but we were in downstairs directing wet back trucks coming in, people were coming home from Valentine's Day, dinners holding roses, and I'm there in gumboots going, Sorry. your night's kind of ruined. Um, but look, I think at the end of the day, the wash up part and the pun was that the committee really appreciated that there was someone there when things are really going wrong mm. to steady the ship mm. and to be at the at the front coordinating 
and making sure that we're mitigating as much of the risk as possible. Mm. Some people had to move out. I mean, temporary accommodation with strata claim, you know, captures a lot of that. But the next day I was messaging my, my insurance um, compliance officer who we manage in-house and uh, said to him, you've got a week coming up that you wouldn't <laughs> believe. Um, but it's all hands on deck. That's a one in a three to five year incident. Yeah. Any other horror stories of a similar nature? Yeah. So that was obviously last Friday night. You go back seven or eight years when it was just myself and my father-in-law yeah. running the business. We were uh, having Friday night dinner, something about Friday night dinner, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and we got a call that there was a basement underwater. Yeah. Back then, very early days, we didn't really have the connections like we do now with flood response companies and, and whatnot. So we took myself, my wife, my father-in-law and, and his wife, my mother-in-law, and we all just went into that property with the mops and buckets, and, buckets and did it ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, those are the stories that we talk about now with our new staff. Yeah. We're very lucky to have a team, um, some of whom have been with us for a number of years, and, and those are the stories that really drive the culture there never ask a, a staff member to do anything that the owner of the business wouldn't be prepared to do. Yeah. Not that I want my staff cleaning up uh, basement floods, but, you know, get in, roll up your sleeves, and we just did it, mm. you know, and that was our first property that we ever managed. Mm. And uh, 10 years later, we still manage that property. And mm. I think it's those sort of stories that ingrain you to the to the residents because yeah. I appreciate that stuff. Ours was, um, we used to live in an apartment block, uh, in Essendon, and it was Christmas Day a few years back that uh, yep. that that the basement flooded flooded there. I think it's probably six, one or eight, six years ago, something like that. Yeah, and I'd, I'd gone downstairs. I was going to go for a run in the morning. I'd gone downstairs and I could hear all this water. I'm like, where's all this water coming from? I could just hear it, and it was coming. So our our car park. So the basement had all the car parks, and then there were kind of some cupboards, probably not hall, more hallways that had yep. our storage cages in them. And it's coming from behind this door. I'm like, what's going on? Where's all this water coming from? Oh, I opened okay. the door and looked. And like, it was it was dripping down. At that stage, it had only just started. It was dripping down onto my storage cage. Right, oh, it was right at the very end. So everything that I had in there was just destroyed. Snow gear and bikes and all these other bits and pieces. Yeah. It was just all destroyed. But then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I remember calling. There was some phone number that said, you know, in case of emergency, call this number. And I, and I called them and the, and the guy's like, um, goes you, you realize it's christmas day like there's an extra call out charge or something i said well the basement's flooding what do you want me to do about it like the cost is the cost just can you get out can here you, and can help you us. get out here and, and uh yeah they I don't, I don't know we ended up leaving we went, went off to christmas lunch and, and it was and it was fixed up yeah. but look that's probably one of been one of our key successes to to the growth of our business is surrounding yourself with with excellent mm. tradies all our trade is a third party. We don't have an interest in any of them. We just try and bring the best people that we can mm. in to manage our building. So when something does happen on, on Valentine's Day night at 10.45, you've got people that you know will answer the phone. Mm. Um, you've got people that know the building. That's really important. Um, and you've got a good map of the place, you know. So myself and the other director are there at 1 o'clock in the morning going through um, electrical drawings, trying to understand where isolations are and, and what we can turn off in terms of circuits for the next morning for the other guys to come in and repair. So for us, it's knowing our buildings really well, but then having people that we can rely upon, not when the going is easy, but when the going gets really tough. And uh, there's currently, I think, about 80 or 90 pieces of uh, drying equipment throughout that, that building, and, yeah. and they'll be there for a couple of days. So, yeah, yeah look, it's devastating for those people. Um, and we do what we can 
you can't fix things. Yeah. That's not what we do. Um, but support, inform, and communicate is, yeah. is what people are dying for yeah. in these circumstances. So the, the talking about the business itself, so it's grown rather steadily, probably rather rapidly by the sounds of things. Rapidly in the, the last sort of five years, yeah. we've really sort of hit the straps. Any like any growing pains, any learnings, anything you anything you did yeah, to do absolutely. I think. Early on, it would have been good for the two of us to sit down with the right um, support team and, and actually make more calculated decisions. Mm. So spend a bit more time looking at the cash flow and looking at forecast properties coming in, whereas back then it was just get properties. Mm. That's That was just the mantra of the business because we had to build a going concern and had to get revenue coming in, whereas now we take a far more strategic approach. We know exactly when the properties are coming on board because we do a lot of new development and we can resource map and plan mm -hmm. that so people don't come into the business and on day one they're at full capacity <laughs> um so just slowing down within the business and it's an age-old saying that it's better to work on the business than in the, in business, the business if you're trying to grow it yeah. um and that's been a real journey for us because i mean we're still actively involved all three owners and directors manage portfolio we're there every day Licking stamps, closing envelopes, mm -hmm. the mantra of never asking a staff member to do anything you wouldn't be prepared to do yourself mm -hmm. is, is something that the three of us take on board, you know, pretty seriously. But the right support team, making informed decisions, and also understanding what the key drivers or levers in the business were. Yep. I mean, back then we didn't know a block of six versus a block of twenty. Was it how much more work was it to manage those and which property should we be targeting? Yeah. So it's more just take whatever you can get. hundred percent. Yeah. That was just to try and build momentum. Whereas yeah. now we're far more discretionary on what we take because we know the drivers, we know revenue per lot, cost per lot, how much effort goes into preparing each building for an annual general meeting or a key request and things like that. So I think what's been the backbone of our success for the last couple of years certainly has been truly understanding the business and the impact that, properties and revenue has on decisions that we make mm -hmm. so that's been yeah it's yeah. been a good journey yeah it's been good fun and and the future you you you, you said something right at the start not going to give away any trades yeah, don't give away any secrets don't or give away any, secrets. Any, any big plans but so you melbourne for now melbourne what, at the, the moment thing? what Can we're finding yeah sure so what we're finding is that the service that we're delivering to developers is resonating beyond Metro Melbourne, mm -hmm. um, we're fortunate to work with some amazing developers who have projects beyond Melbourne. And the inquiries now that are coming through and the requests to catch up and discuss Owners Corp and how we add value and how we act as an extension of the developer's brand post-settlement, which is a key target uh, deliverable for us, um, it's resonating with the broader market, which is really exciting. Okay. So gearing up the staff, gearing up the office, um, gearing ourselves up um, for, for what's coming is, is really exciting. Yeah. But but certainly looking to grow. Um, but for us, it's not over-promise and under-deliver. It's sustainable growth, managed growth, where we can keep delivering the same level of service we did 10 years ago to that one property that we can to the portfolio that yeah. it's the size it is now. Yeah. yeah. And, and keep developing that culture within the office. That's probably the biggest thing. Yeah that I focus on. Yeah. Good one. Now just check here, uh, kind of last maybe section. There is a there is a question here. Not often people are leaving questions. We got one. We got one. There you go. So oh, God. Uh, there's a question here. 
and this is probably more to do with when you left uh, WHK back in the day and went into the startup. Yep. Uh, so they just wanted to know, did you have any savings before switching? Like, how did you? Yeah, really good, really good question. So my wife and I sat down. Um, she's working full time as a primary school teacher, but obviously heavily pregnant. That yeah. was coming to an end. Um, we did. We made sure that in the lead up to the decision, because it wasn't a snap decision to leave a great team of people, um, as you know, uh, a lot of those guys are still pretty good friends, and and make the move. So it was a very considered decision and it gave us enough time to, to really back ourselves and say, you know, let's give it nine months to 12 months. We didn't have that much in saving, but we had enough that we could get by. Yep. Um, we also had some backup plans, whether it was family support or or whatever but yeah making it a calculated risk um with the baby on the way you know the medical bills and nappies and all that stuff as yeah. as, as you know that they're, they're not cheap no. they don't get cheaper no. um but yeah look probably about a six to nine month savings plan yeah, for the okay. for the essentials yeah there wasn't a budget for a new watch or a holiday <laughs> in there it was uh food and accommodation and medical by. that's it yeah so a little bit of a safety net but for us at the time, it was really daunting. Yeah. I had hair when I made that decision. <laughs> Good. All right, we might awesome. leave it there. No worries. Thanks, Thanks for having Brian. me. Thanks for coming in. We're, uh, we're just gone over 20 minutes. The time flies. Thank you if anyone's watching. There's apparently six people there. Thanks for watching. Thanks, guys. Uh, if you want to reach out to Brian, you can probably find him on LinkedIn. Yeah, we're about I'll, to I'll relaunch, so look out for the new website, tideways.com.au. Thank you very All much. Good. Thanks. See you, guys. episode of the podcast if you don't follow me anywhere else other than here on the podcast i am putting out content on linkedin facebook instagram youtube all of those places so if you frequent any one of those it would mean the world to me if you'd give me a follow on one of those platforms and uh, look out for the next episode